Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TimingResearch.com crowd forecast news for November 13th, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 408. Uh, my name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of TimingResearch.com, and uh, today I have arranged for uh, Michael Filigera and Sonny Harris to join us again, and the option professor is back to moderate, so I'm going to turn it over to him. Sure. Okay. Thank you, uh, David, and uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, before we get started, let's introduce everyone so we know our speakers. Uh, Michael Filigera, um, you want to start out by a little background on yourself and what's going on at Logical Signal? Um, hi, everybody. I'm Michael Filigera, and I know a little bit about myself. I have been trading since 1970. Oh, I am. And uh, I was an options market maker time. I've traded here in San Francisco, the London traded options market, the European options in Amsterdam, and the DTB in Germany. Came back to uh, San Francisco and traded again on the Pacific. When everything started to go electronic, I decided that I no longer want to deal with uh, all of the volatility in the market and carrying positions overnight. And so I became a day trader. Signals and through logical and also traders helping traders, I have a trade room. I also uh, provide coaching, provide a daily update on YouTube that covers the SMP. That's perfect. Uh, Sonny uh, Harris, again, a Money Mentor. Uh, Sonny, give us a little update on uh, what's going on at Money Mentor and a quick background on yourself. Okie doke. Uh, I'm a mathematician, writer, programmer, and author of eight books, including the brand new Definitive Guide to Trade Station, Easy Language, and OIL, which that's our long one to say, which is uh, 1,300 pages. I've been a professional trader for 42 years. I love to mentor and consult, and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I am an easy language programmer and happy to do work for you. Uh, Let's see. I oh, I write a newsletter every Sunday night called The Sunny Side of the Street, and I do a live trading room on Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific. And if you want to go to moneymentor.com, you can find forums on strategy trading, easy language, technical analysis, and more. And uh, with my friend Sam Tennis, I do a live podcast, free podcast. And of course, at the end, uh, both of you guys <clears throat> will give out some uh, contact information so people can get a hold of you. Let's okay. get right into the markets here because uh, the S&P um, uh, went up towards this uh, 4435 neighborhood twice today. And the second time it went up there, there was a real big divergence in the RSI, which meant it was really running out of steam. And now it's uh, down at the 4411 mark. So let's start out with um, uh, Sunny here. What uh, you want to put the Sunny bands up and give us an idea of what you're seeing on the S&P? I'd be happy to do that. Let's get the right screen up. Because in the first two weeks of the month, we had uh, the majority of the up move. And uh, it'll, it's, it's a question whether, you know, it's running out of steam or not. Huh? Uh -huh. On the five-day graphs that I was working with, uh, RSI on the first way up was uh, at 80. And the next time it went up there was at 67. And it's turned down pretty much uh, from that neighborhood. And it uh, looks like it's on the defensive as we speak, I think, if the prices are accurate there. Well, let's see. Let's look at the E-mini. We'll see what the S&P is doing. Yeah. Well, this is a daily time frame. You want to see what's really going on? We should stop stop it on down to maybe fifteen minutes. Well, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And on this one, you can see some really nice moves today. Yeah, there was a nice up. There were two good trades today. One on the upside, one, and now on the downside. Mm-hmm. Zoom always takes all of my bandwidth. So on a fifteen-minute basis, you can see here this was just straight up mm -hmm. after bar this morning. Yeah. Yep. 
And now here's a quick short trade. But you'll notice on this that the, the uh, dynamic moving average, the golden purple lines in the center of the bands mm -hmm. are flat. And it even says slope is five degrees, 5.24 degrees right up here, 505 degrees. And what does that mean exactly? That means that the, I'm measuring the slope of this line, the DMA. When it's flat, price tends to go from the outer band just to the DMA. Right. As long as gold's on top and this thing's flat, I'm not expecting it to move any further than about here. But are we under there now at 44.11? Right now we're at 44.25. This is the futures contract. Oh, I get you. So the one I'm looking up there is uh, S&P 500 uh, SPX? Right, cash. This is the ES. Yeah, and that trades at a premium to the, the cash yep. market. Right. I'm with you. I'm with I you. Don't. So it looks to me like it's going to go down to about here and then bounce. That's what it seems to be doing. That's theoretically what it should be doing. But if yeah. I look down on my histogram, I've got a, a gray line, which tells me that was no movement at all right there, side to side. Two red lines. Looks like it could go further down because that's about to cross over into purple territory. So, and that would mean that would mean a break of around forty-four twenty-five or forty-four mm -hmm. twenty-one or forty-four right here. If we break that forty-four, what did I say twenty-four? Yeah, about forty-four twenty-four. Mm -hmm. We break that, we're going on down. Yeah. And uh, Michael, do you want to um, opine on what you're seeing here on the S and P? Or here, okay, so. Um, I was on my, this again, the cash, but which I can do because that's what you were talking before. Um, so you're know. talking about SPX right now, just the cash S&P. Right. Um, and if I, I hear I would go out to a daily chart. Actually, no, you know what? I need to go to use because this is showing my alternate view. Mm -hmm. and this is the more important one. So I'm going to work off the daily and bring this into view this way and discuss this particular move, which was more of a diagonal triangle, if you understand Elliot. And this is the, <clears throat> the result of that. And so what we finished on an Elliot basis, on my view, was intermediate first wave down. And that, on the bigger picture, is going to be working on this larger. This is, I'm going to put that B, a B back up here, primary B wave completed at that high. And we're now working on a primary C wave down, which will consist of five waves of minor degree, excuse me, intermediate degree. So we're finished with intermediate wave one. It ended up being a leading diagonal triangle. And that's what came down here. And all the internals do match and do fit. Um, I caught a lot of flack because wave four overlaps wave one, but then now, so we're getting this incredible rally. And within that incredible rally, we get some support if we're looking at the advanced decline and we're looking at the breadth of the market, both have been incredibly strong. If we take a look at just the breadth of the market from Friday, it was like, oh my God, it was so, so impressive. But then when I actually broke it down, it tends to just stick to a small group of high-tech titans. So again, to try to determine how long that's going to last, I stick back to the Elliott. So if we're in this intermediate wave two, what's going to happen is we're going to get an A wave up, which I believe we are getting ready to complete. And we still have a little bit more upside to do. If not, we- Is that where your 4457 uh, comes from? Uh, yes. Well, that's actually the 100, the daily 100 simple, but it's actually the right underneath it is the FIB and it's 4447. Okay. Ultimate. But- more important will be the structure. So I have to go off of the daily and bring it back to hourly chart and look at it. So 
what I'm counting again, there's the low, and that's from October the 27th at 41.21, and then the market just decided to launch. And then once we got inside this third wave, it really launched. And then we came, did an irregular four new high down there, and then we launched again on Friday. I think a lot of that had to do with Friday's expiration. Yeah. And that and, and Jim, you're more familiar than maybe many others, but then we have the zero DTE option and they control. They well, control. to give you an idea, I was, I was just a, a sidebar here. There was an, a 4,400 call that you yeah. could have bought for $45, excuse me, $22, uh, because it was going for about um, 0.45. And that option went all the way up to about $1,200. Wow. So that gives you an idea why people trade, uh, you know, zero, uh, uh, zero DTE options yeah. in the first place, because you don't need too many of those hits to be very healthy. Right. Right. And if you were short, then you you do. You do. Well, need if you're more. short these options, I think you need your head examined because, you know, anybody who's trying to take in $45, $22 um, and have unlimited risk, you know, they need to go to the doctor. You know, That's true. And so, but we have all of that in play as well. And that also affects the advanced state and the breadth of it, et cetera, et cetera. But on an Elliott basis, I feel that what we're completing is within this intermediate wave two, there's going to be a minor degree ABC, and we're finishing the A wave. So I think yeah. we're going to get a B wave pullback, and that suggests we, that we likely we're going to start to pull back down all the way to 42.85, maybe 42 into this area or zone down here. I got a quick question for you. That chart formation obviously is a high and then a dip and then another high. And so yeah. if we were to take out 44.10, uh, yeah. wouldn't that also make that FIB number probably pretty valid and that movement above the FIB kind of like an overshoot? For right now? In other yes. words, like right now, the FIB comes in around 44.11. If this thing started getting under 44.11, it would also break that midpoint of where there's some support, right? And so you're breaking, yes. that, you know, because um, on a technical analysis basis, you know, if you make a high, you come down, make a point, go up and try to make a new high, fail at that point, and then take out the reaction point and the FIB okay. numbers there as well, there could be some uh, power behind that failure. Yes. It, you know, if we do break 44.11. Yes, I would agree. And as far as the structure itself, Friday's high was 44.35. Today's high was 44.30. And the divergence I mentioned is right below. And the ver and the divergence is there showing its face. But on an Elliott wave basis, wave five, which started here, did, or even in the internal wave five, did put in a new high above. So technically, technically it could be done. And then filling in what you just said, this 618 was for the uh, was resistance on the way up become support on the way back down so right. i agree with you if it's broken right then i'm going to be looking for it to go back below 05 and then head down to 396 which is where the moving averages are sitting the 100 and the 50 are all yeah. there together 95 and 96 and if that gets broken we're down we're headed we're going to go in and i i would suspect that we could do it rather quickly but it's going to be abc it's going to be down up down just like this is up and then we're going to go down and then we will go back up so i think on a little bit longer term basis when we get a c wave going back up we've got a very strong uh chance of getting to 4504 to 45.9 yeah and you got the CPI, PPI number this week. You've got retail earnings from uh, everybody from Home Depot to Walmart to Target. And um, you've got the uh, uh, funding situation 
by Friday. So there is enough. On, there's enough on the docket to make this thing dance. That's for sure. Dance in in many different forms, Jim. Yeah, in, in many different uh, modes. Now the, just to, just to be clear, because you brought up some very very strong points that we do have some important data coming out. We do have uh, you know a, a big meeting between the president of the United States and the and the prime minister, the premier of well, we got that too, China. Yeah, yeah we got that too. We, we do have a basically dysfunctional government right now that needs to come to an agreement and pass a bill that's going to refund the government for the foreseeable future. And that has to be done by Friday. So there's one, the the alternate to this finishing five up would be that it is finishing the entire move. And the 10-year note uh, went down to 440 and change, and now it's at 460 and change. If that thing goes back towards five, that could be uh, well. You know, I a, think you know. You bring up another good point because yes. I've always talked to people and I tell them it's like let's put up that. Yep, it went down. It held a level. This was a had to hold. Yeah, had to hold level. Yeah. So th there's a strong possibility it did. It bounced. It's getting itself off of that level. Yeah. If it continues to go up, then I will label this a B and it should do a nice C wave and way above. Now that's a big if. Yeah because it could just as soon turn and go. And there is a level 106.220, that's this versus December, uh, 10 year note. I, in my estimation, that has to hold. If it starts to break that level, then we're going below one. Yeah. So, so there's yeah. a lot going on this week. There's no doubt about it. And we're um, at a, a, you know, a higher end on everything. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, hey, Sonny, I'd like to see how your Sunny bands are looking at things on maybe even a longer term period. And- um, uh, you know, do you do you say that there's a potential towards that 4,500 neighborhood that uh, Michael said if things got going? Oh, yeah, yeah, it sure could. I'm looking at a weekly chart. I'll, I'll share that. And he always shares the wrong window first. And he's number five. All right. So this is a weekly chart of the E-mini. Mm -hmm. And again, we're sitting on a flat DMA. But the lines, you can barely see them, are below the zero line. Little bitty lines there which says to me we could go on down on that weekly chart. And if we do, I'm looking at 42.16 on the weekly chart. So if we do break, and I, you know, it looks to me from your, your stuff that I'm seeing that, um, that uh, on the SPX, that uh, 44.11 uh, area uh, looked pretty important. Any of your work shows that is a kind of important too? Or? And that's 44.11? Well, that was on a short-term basis, and like oh. I said, and to be honest with so you, that's, that's where I, we I'm, are. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at like a weekly graph, a, a five-day graph now, and I've got a moving average coming in around the same neighborhood. So, yeah, it kind of looks to no me flat. like it, yeah. so it could do two things. It could come down to the DMA, which is at forty-three eighty-seven, I think. Okay, I, I get that. Yeah. All right, so it could come down to that level and then bounce if we're right. strong and go right back up. Right. Well, it could break this, and if it breaks it on a closing basis, we're going down at least to the lower inner band, if not to the lower outer band. And look at this. We've got a 55 right here that's calling to it, and we've got the 200 right at the, the lower outer band. Yeah. And I got to, you know, on all the different stuff I look at, uh, one day, five day, one month, that stuff, you know, for the shorter term trading, mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely seeing uh, an RSI that's running out of steam. And my experience with that is that it, that if it's running out of steam and you're at an extended level, there it's coming back down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you got to be patient sometimes because, you know, it doesn't come down uh, 
just because you immediately see it. You know? <laughs> right. right. Hey, Jim. Hey, yeah. Jim. This, and this is actually for, for all of us. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of talk, and it's all about the breadth of the market that we saw last week right. and, and how that really starts to dictate that we should go more. But I agree with you that what we're starting to see today, decay in the restraint, is the failure of the relative strength to keep up with the market and showing a turn. So we're getting that divergence. Could... And from your experience, is there times when the way things trade now and the massive amount of funds that came back into the big tight, uh, tech titans that were not necessarily getting a false reading on, on market breadth, but kind of a little bit of masked type of, of where it wasn't as broad as that number was showing? Well, there's a lot of people who go to um, advisors. And um, I think the advisors in the last month have told all their clients that the Fed will be cutting next year. The Fed is done hiking. You've got the all clear signal to put all your money back into stocks. And so I think there's been a huge, huge influx of you know larger money who's been sitting out and, and shorts, obviously, uh, who had to get out. And then basically, uh, you know, there's been a big influx in there. And it's all based on this idea the Fed is done and rates are going to keep going down. Now, obviously, if that's not the truth, then the repricing must occur. And I'm just wondering out loud, you know, with this kind of blowy off feeling this morning when it was going up, up, up and up without the relative strength confirming it, if that might be the signal of it kind of having a little bit of a correction. That's the only thing. Yeah, I'm going to stand in agreement with you. you know, and I think and that, I mean, I had heard that there was like $5.2 trillion sitting on the sidelines, massive amounts of capital sitting on the sidelines waiting. And so just as you said, if they were going to their to their asset managers and they were saying, hey, this is what I'm hearing, that the Fed's done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And we see a big chunk of that coming in. The other thing I always think, and you being a market maker, you'll understand this. I'm always thinking, if everyone is buying or everyone is selling, who's on the other side of the trade? And so my feeling on market, market makers, maker. yeah, my feeling on market makers is they look at the volume coming in and then they say to themselves, I'm going to be stepping in front of this with my checkbook. I'm going to raise the offer price to a level that I know that if I get all this volume done and there's not enough volume behind it, that's why the relative strength is kind of telling us the volume drying up. If that is the case, then it will fall under its own weight because you you cannot keep 4,450 uh, on the S&P up with, uh, with the volume drying up because all these people that bought or longs, they're going to want to start selling and the market maker will do the, the same opposite thing. If everyone starts selling, he'll drop the offer way down. <laughs> so no, and also... It's the premium game, as you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna mark up their where they're gonna offer is now gonna be higher, and it's that that's their insurance, but it's also the premium. Yeah, and yeah. As, long, as long as they can sell premium, which they did in on Friday. Well, yeah, that had to be a lot to do with that expiration because I mean, when you see options going Absolutely. from twenty two dollars, I mean, if you know, when an option's going for twenty two dollars and you buy a thousand of them, you put up twenty two grand. And uh, and if uh, and if you uh, and if they go to twelve hundred dollars a piece, just to put this in perspective, um, a lot they go up to uh, a million two. So some yeah. somebody could have put up twenty two grand on Friday in the morning and went home with a million two. Well, I guarantee you that they went home with probably ten million. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Very, very, very big. But traders. I'm sure that was the market makers doing that. Yeah, exactly. And, I agree. And these people who try to who try to get the last bit of uh, juice out of the uh, out of the orange, you know, uh, and then they go, well, I don't want to cover. I don't want to cover. It expires in an hour. It expires. You know, and the next thing you know, the thing, the S and P is of sixty seven, and the options gone from twenty two grand up to one point two million. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And they. But and the other thing I think people need to understand it's like that. If the market makers are really in control and the gamma flow, this is something you understand, Jim, because you trade options. Mm -hmm. The gamma flow is so important that if they're starting to run that, what it's doing is like whoever short that option right. is getting squeezed beyond their wildest dream yeah. and they must react. They must react. And if you're getting shorter as it goes up, you're just buying, buying, and buying. So that goes against also the dealers that were selling that premium, but not delta neutral trading. Right. They, they had no they, offsetting they, hedge. Yes. And they yeah. did it wrong. And yeah. then they get caught and then they're covering their butt as as it runs, as it continues to run higher. And then once it stops, then whoever's out there to monetize has done so and now it starts to come back the other way and you're left holding the bag and now you got to sell yeah and you know I, I i also think that you know they have to have some legitimacy so they open it up today just to show that there's a little bit of strength there and it wasn't just a total scam running running it up on friday and then of course now um i think um you know yeah, with with the divergence in the rsi plus what happened on friday Plus, how far we are from some of these moving averages, reversion yeah. to the mean makes an awful lot of sense. Makes an awful lot. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's not just talk about stocks because um, I'd like to get into some of this other stuff before we run out of time. Um, let's get into the price of oil. Um, oil has had a big drop, uh, and it went. I think it went into some major league support down here. And I'm just wondering. There, there's two markets that I'm wondering: uh, are they done, or is this the calm before the storm? The first one we're talking about is oil. Is oil a stick a fork in it, or is it a situation where it's the calm before the storm? Because you know Buffett is adding and adding, adding to I guess this oxy petroleum, and um, you know there's uh, these oil stocks are starting to get a little bit of a bid today. Let's look at crude real quick and see what uh, what do you see, Sonny? I've got a sell signal right over here with this vertical line. Mm -hmm. Sunny Van sell signal. We've been short this whole time right here is a sunny band's buy signal and a confirmation. So a switch to yeah, one. So you, you're saying we, we hit some uh, big support as I thought we did on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two blue candles, one of them inside the lower outer band tells me it's a buy. Now, yeah. purple's on top on the DMA, which tells me also that we're likely only to go to right here, which is 8202. Yeah, 8202. Yeah, on, on my shorter term stuff, I have some resistance around 79. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I got something going on around 82 as well. Yeah. So 79 to 82, you know, we're not that far from it. So it, this could be ultimately a dead cat bounce. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, let's uh, look at XLE, XOP, and and, uh, and those guys. That's oh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, uh, we went into a couple of uh, different stocks uh, that I just saw. I was, we'll get to a second. Um, yeah. Yeah, so actually, I signal that, on this too. Yeah, and I'm trying to see is that's the buy, and probably only up to 86.34 on this one. Yeah, that's exactly uh, the number I got 86.45. That's pretty darn close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a gap there. 
I got a gap on my graph here from just under 85 to just above 85. Oh, we've got this one over here. I guess, yeah. It yeah. was uh, the gap I've got is uh, the the low of um, 85.45 on November 6th and the high point on the 7th. And that is coming in at uh, 84.73. So somewhere in that little window, I have a little bit of a window on my graph. I don't know if it's accurate, but let's see. Yeah. Well, so sometimes that's an attractor, right? Anything can be an attractor. If it pulls, if yeah. it tends to pull price to it, it's an attractor. Again, this is also a candidate for the reversion to the mean because, you know, the things exactly. come from 94 down to uh, 82 on this XLA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, these companies are making a lot of money and they are yeah. buying back stock yeah. and they're doing all kinds of wonderful things. Well, I think we're, gonna, and, we're uh, going up to I think the, uh, How about XOP? What's that one? Uh, I think that is um, Staples. X. I thought XOP was another oil one. Yeah, it's uh, oil and gas yeah. explore, exploration and producing. So it's a little X different version of the same thing, I guess. Oh, XLP is no XOP. Like X-ray Oscar Peter. Oh, no wonder it didn't read like you. <laughs> we got the same signal on this one, and, yeah. and it's heading up to the DMA. So we're going to go up to right there, one twelve and change. Now, the one that seems a little stronger is OIH, which uh, half of it or something or a lot of it is uh, Halliburton and Schlumberger. So this mm -hmm. is more like your uh, oil servicing, you know, drillers and that kind of stuff. Is that a little bit better looking? It is. It's already headed to the DMA. See how close it's getting? Yeah. So 327.43 is my expectation on that. And it's currently at 321 something. Yeah, most of the moving averages on this stuff, to be frank, is are pointing down, particularly on the one year and, and stuff like that. Um, so they have, uh, shall we say, wood to chop. <laughs> <laughs> but on the longer term graphs, you know, they have been kind of an uptrending overall deal, um, you know, still kind of in a stalling corrective mode. But, um, you know. Yeah, we're just stalling on this weekly chart on this one. Yeah. See, yeah. the DMA is flat all across here. Uh, looking at one that's in the news a little bit is possibly, uh, you know, into maybe a potential takeover for somebody or they're going to do something, a Devon Energy, DVN. But that thing just doesn't seem to be able to hold about 50 bucks very well. Yeah. And that's a weekly chart of this one. Yeah. It's hard to get excited when the uh, all the lines are not uh, under your price. Huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the likelihood you're going on this huge run-up is pretty low unless all those lines are under your price. Yeah, well, this this little skinny move is does have a downslope to it. See how yeah. that purple line is not going straight across? It's just yeah. a little more down. It's just edging down. Well, they were also saying that the strategic oil reserves uh, are going to reload down here. So that's a supportive thing for oil down here, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, the depleting, this is the range they're supposed to be buying. Uh, if they don't, they end up kind of buying at a higher price. Michael, uh, we're going to talk about gold, but I'm going to give you first bite at it. So uh, uh, put up your gold stuff and let's uh, see how you think things are going. Because my uh, my tune on gold is as simple as this, is that RSI on the longer term graphs does not get above 60. And if we can't get through 60 into the 70s, we're not going to have that big acceleration phase. And uh, we've had a number of run-ups towards 2075 in the last uh, year or two and they've all failed. And we just had another one up there kind of fail. And I'm just wondering, is it a situation where um, if we get back above 1985 and we get above 2000 and that RSI can zoom through 60, maybe we could go to 2300 uh, between now and next year. 
Right. But uh, other than that, it uh, it's it's meandering at this point, right? Trouble getting my green up for some reason up to the gold chart showing, and this one that I wanted to. There you okay. go. That's yeah. XLE anyway. Oh, yeah, that's because what I had up there. I was wondering why is it not showing? Um, gold, by the way, is a gigantic. Um, <laughs> well, it just can't get that um, RSI, you know, that relative strength to go through that number that it needs to to accelerate. Because the last time it really ran up back in 2020, the RSI went to 83. All these other peaks after that, RSI petered out at 60. Yeah, and this one petered out at 70. Yeah. So, but I'm looking at the monthly. I, I was looking at the monthly I, graph. Yeah. I am still, let me go up to the weekly to see the, I'm still like, okay, that it put in a triangle pattern here for mm -hmm. a fourth wave. And now we're starting in the fifth and it's just a much longer term. And what I think this thing gets all caught up in is that, you know, when, when the conflict in the Middle East started and interest rates were, were knocking things down, we had this run to quality or this safety uh, yeah. deal going on. And I think that that, gave us the the move that we got but if i'm looking at my daily chart i can two three four five wave one and this is but this is turning into probably is yeah it could be an abc which would be good because then what it would be is one two and we're getting ready to launch again yeah this a uh, long-term graph i have the uh the 12 sma has made a higher high than it ever has in the last 20 years I'm thinking out loud, that might be tipping my hand that this thing is going to break out to the upside in yeah. a big way because of the RSI making a higher high uh, and it's at 1926. So if you wanna know my line in the sand, that's my line in the sand, 1926. As long as it keeps staying above that and that, uh, that average keeps going higher. And if we can ever get this RSI out of the mid fifties, higher fifties into 62, 63, 67, then the explosion through 2100, you know, and if you measure the sideness, you know, the width of the basic consolidation between 2000 and 1700 that it's been in, I mean, maybe you could measure that and add to the top and maybe that'll give you a little bit of a target up there, if it can do that. Um, I, well, I am measuring in terms of fourth wave and right now you know, the equality where five would build a wave one. Then let me show you the extent of where this all here is. I'm going all the way back to 2016 to look at this is the start. The first one out of the five that it's working yeah. wave four was long, arduous, really complex. Yeah. But if I label that, I do my fibs and run them over to here. So the equality, quality is that percent number at two to but that's the most common. Now, beyond that, this 618, I need to just take it off. It's already been exceeded. And it really is not support. So because it's a different, because the measurement is different, I wouldn't support. So I'm going to take that off, use the moving averages, which is where I would have gone anyway. Yeah. And so that's right. You were, I agree with you on what you're saying about that bottom and what it needs to hold. And that's pretty much right where it got 36, 35. Can't, don't go too far below. So I think 20... 61 but i think this is the more realistic once if that succeeded that's next up and we're already yeah. looking for it to come out and break that high and this is contract adjusted right so this is showing the december contract hit 2215 but if i go out to a weekly chart you're going to see that number is 28 okay put up a uh, harmony gold hmy because uh when you buy stuff under five bucks you know it's kind of like buying an option 
in that you no, can only lose, you can only lose you can only lose the five bucks. I did this with um, a Freeport McMoran uh, when it was at ten bucks, and um, so on a long if you do a long term graph on this thing, can you do like that's what I would yeah there you go something like that or twenty even. You know, it seems like it's, you know, it's trying, yeah, if you go back 20 years, you get better an idea of where this thing, you know, jumped to in the past. And, um, you know, if gold were to take off, you know, do you get the feeling this thing is leaning to the upside a little bit? A little bit, but I yeah, just, think- just a little bit. And like I yeah. say, if there was a big move in gold, I would it be very surprised this thing these, didn't go up two or three times in price. Yeah, what it seems to do is it's a strong up and spends the two. Back. Waffling around, waffling, but now it just made another little strong up. Yeah, which would have been you know week of the 16th October, and it's just waffling around. Yeah. So yeah, it is a, it's above a number of the moving averages, which is it certainly is on the yeah. weekly. It's above all of them. Yeah. And I'm using simple now. Yeah. Exponential are there, but I'm just using simple because that's some. Yeah, and like and I, I say, you know, when you're getting stuff at four bucks or something like that, you can only lose four bucks, right? I agree. You got the, if you buy a, a stock that goes for three hundred, you'll lose four bucks before you get back to your car. Yeah. So you could put your downtrend line in and you could see it came up, came up, touched it back off. So yeah. you're right. What it's got to break is 525. Yeah. And, you know, you have to have constructive moves in gold. And if Absolutely. you do the trend line from the lows. I can. Well, no, over to your right lows, not the lowest low. Yeah. The one before right. that, if you draw a trend line, you've got a nice pennant formation. Either, well, that works too. So when it does break out, it's going to be explosive. One way. That's, what, that's what I was thinking. You know what I mean. So uh, I picked up some shares of this thing, but I, you know, I didn't go in uh, heavy. But if it broke out above, I definitely would uh, add to it. And then, of course, uh, if it doesn't behave, uh, staying above four bucks, I probably would get on the alumni association. Well, yeah, but you could. Uh, in other words, it's like just uh, just going with that trade. Yeah. It breaks. You join the party. Your stop is right there. Right. Or you just say, listen, or you just say, I have a position in this gold stock for the rest of my life. I'm going to forget about it. That kind of thing. You can do that. You could. You're right. But if you believe me, putting away the uh, Freeport McMoran for a while uh, when it was at uh, five and ten bucks was the way to go. It ran all the way up to like 50. Harmony Gold, Harmony Gold. Obviously, it's an ADR. Sure, where it trade. Um, But isn't this a newer mine? Uh, well, it goes back pretty far. Um, I got it going back to 07. Oh, okay. Well, 2007. Yeah. yeah. And, usually, uh, in and times, yeah. usually in times of strife, you'll see the, the migration towards I mean, towards the gold. Yeah. But this time it's going into Bitcoin. No, it is totally going into Bitcoin because they say the new generation views Bitcoin as a store of value with more usage than the gold. Mm-hmm. So that's basically oh. the story on on the, why Bitcoin's getting a lot of the yeah uh, it's just been going straight up inflation hitch because uh, there's a whole generation who is very familiar with Bitcoin and also believes obviously it's a little bit more of a uh, yeah I agree I agree with that I also statement. think that it's the currency for war now yeah in other words they're not going to bring cur- they're not going to bring Krugerrands down to the ban- uh, down to the store but you know people do accept Bitcoin for payment mm-hmm. oh uh, did any of you see the story about Costco selling gold bars from a few weeks ago. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, no, I did. I, I did see that. I heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it that they I like, actually investigated it, but I did hear about. It. They, yeah, yeah I, I didn't look too closely at it, but I, I think it was something like Costco started selling gold bars, and they, and they sold out like on the first day or something like that of whatever stock they had. 
You know, I did uh, see a furniture company uh, did something that was kind of interesting. RC Willie is saying that uh, they used to charge a flat $3 if you use your credit card. And now they're going to be going to uh, almost like 3% on top of your sale. Or you can pay with other methods. So I'm wondering, because I've seen a lot of people, a lot of vendors, because I've been doing some business with vendors. And it's a, and they really are, you know, if you pay by check or uh, or Zelle or something like that, uh, we can save you three percent or five percent because these credit card companies are really sticking it to the uh, vendors now. And the vendors, you know, they're either going to charge you more, which is inflationary, or they're going to circumvent it by telling you to pay a different way. I found a story on Costco on gold. It says Costco selling one ounce gold Swiss Lady Fortuna. Bars, so they're one ounce bars, as opposed to a Krugerrand, which is an ounce of, in a coin. Right, so they're selling one ounce, one troy ounce bars, and did they put a price on it? No, it fluctuates. I mean, yeah. right now it's up two dollars and fifteen cents. I can't tell. Did it say anything about like how many they sold, or it says they sold out. They they go within hours. They're all gone, no matter how many they bring in. Well, Costco. So you're, you're obviously they're, they're getting it at a discount. Or people think they're. Getting <laughs> right, probably. probably. They just go, oh, it's Costco, so I'm going to do it. You know? <laughs> um, but Jim, I want to get your opinion here on on our friend Silver. It's just it's like, excuse my language, the bastard stepchild. Yeah, it cannot catch an upswing, but yet I'm reading that a lot of firms are now recommending Silver. A lot of firms are expecting Silver to go through the roof, and I'm like, really. Well, see, you know, to be honest with you, on silver, when it breaks $26, give me a call because at that point it's going to fly. But until then, it's a, it's another meandering. It is so, definitely meandering, but it continues to really yeah. show me that it it is corrective. And I'm thought, along with gold, it seems to have done five, and now it's doing a very complex, but still a corrective decline. It held a level that it likely needed. And yeah, you need to stay nice. around that 22, that 20, you don't want anything, certainly you don't want anything under 20, but definitely 22 is a nice number. Is that about a Fibonacci pullback from uh, 2090 up to 2371? And is that about a 60% pullback or so, or a little bit less? It was. There you go. So you got the Fib pullback, you've got, uh, yeah, so in other words, if it starts taking off, but you can see from your graph, you know, uh, it has been kind of uh, having a tough time at 26. And if you go to like a 20-year graph, you can yeah. see that there's nothing but uh, open real estate if it can get above that other area. Yeah. So again, I mean, I'm not, I I have silver bars, but that's just because you, you pick them up and you put them in the drawer. Yeah. And I'm not giving out my... <laughs> <laughs> And on the longer term graph on silver, um, it's pretty much, uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, definitely hold the 20 number, which was real important. And now, uh, again, it really in the short run needs to get above that 2350 area. Huh? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So initial initial hit would be 2350 and then uh, reload at 26 and change. And then you might be on your way to 30 or 35. But it's right. not the industrial metal that it once was when there when we were doing photography with silver plates. Right, silver film. Oh, you know what they're, they're saying? The demand for silver is going to pick up because of that. There's now been replaced, and it's being used in solar panels and batteries, maybe. I think, yeah, yeah. batteries. Very maybe. interesting. There's another little one. We just did the same thing over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there it is. Let's uh, they, swing. <laughs> let's uh, swing over to the international markets real quick, because uh, FXI, and let's see uh, how some of these uh, internationals look. Because, uh, you know, the valuations in these other countries are way different than ours. And uh, 
we can look at China and we'll look at some of the other nations and see uh, if there's a value there. Well, Jim, this was this got put up in the last time you and I did a show. There's mm -hmm. I don't do anything on FXI, so this has to be you know what what we put up in yeah. terms of looking for a bounce. And we it's still fight, it. it's still fighting a big downtrend, huh? Yep. Yeah, going down. Uh, one uh, one Chinese stock I uh, did take a little shot at here, uh, DD, D-I-D-I, because -I, I made good money on it the first time it ran up. So, of course, it's my old friend. And then uh, it just made a turn here recently. You know, this is ride. This is like the Uber of China. What's the and symbol? Look and see if you see any value to this thing. D-I-D-I, uh, D-D, D-D. There you go, D-D. What is it again? I it's uh, the ride-sharing uh, company over in China. D-I-D-I. Yeah, I bought it when it was at $1.50 because I assumed when they got out of their apartment, somebody needed a ride. <laughs> oh, gee. That was yeah, a very good, by the way, that was a very good assumption. That was, another, was another one where you pay $1.50, you can only lose $1.50, right? Yeah. Actually, it's not going to I didn't get D-I-D-I. It's a D-I-D-I-Y if you want to get the actual thing up there. Now. Yeah, put a Y up there. There you go. Oh, boy, look at that. Hate it. Love it. Yeah. But uh, if you put on like a one month graph, can you put a one month up there? You can see that it's back on the bicycle a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So again, once it got above like the 320, it started to look like something you could take another shot at. And today it's getting some acceleration. This is the one where they reported the news. DD is up 6%, which is yeah. nothing in 20. <laughs> but it had, a, it had a good time of it when they first came out of lockups. It went from uh, like $1.50 up to... Uh, uh five dollars and then okay. their um their uh, you know their reopening faded right and so it came back down to two dollars and fifty cents and now it looks like uh, they're stimulating that thing and so and they're trying to get their consumers moving around so i don't know if it's on its way back to five dollars but uh, it definitely has a um it's got a lift here going today anyway something to keep an eye on maybe just want to make bring reference bring it out here put it down on a chart and it up we have reached a law we held we held the 15 minute 20 and we're now cruising back towards the highs and the yeah it held that 4410 you see that 4420 yeah it surely did held that 4410 yeah but that was the neighborhood so if you like i say if you were going to be a buyer you would buy against that support you know when, when you start doing stuff after the fact it's always more risky you know? it is but being a day trader i, I would have bought it. yeah 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 but that 4410 was a nice place where you could have bought it and then like had a very small uh risk to it you know Right, but even if I take it down and look at it, my signal, it held the 100, it held the 50, and it went back above that 50, it accelerated. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. So, and hey, you let's know, look at a couple it, more real quick. Though. Let's look at Mexico, EWW. EWW? Uh-huh. These are EDFs. EDFs, yeah. Mexico. Yeah, that's back on the bicycle a little bit, huh? Um, the five-minute chart. How about oh, okay. how, Let's you want a longer term? There's a daily. Okay. Well, it's just really coming back to some resistance. Nice gap. Yeah, and that's a pennant formation on top of a flagpole, which typically resolves in the direction of the pole. Which is up. Yep. And uh, let's go to Brazil. EWZ. What was uh, it? EWZ. Edward EWZ. William Zebra. Yappy. There you have it. There. Bigger. Let's go to a little bit longer term. There's ten years. Yeah. See, like I say, when if these things can get going, there'd be quite a bit of potential to some of these. You know, thirty-two <laughs> back up towards the high is a pretty good run. But even if I'm here and I can these lines. <laughs> And go from that to the next one down. From here? No, from the midpoint of the red line you drew. I'll drop that one. That's good. Now go back up to there. Yep. And pull another trend line down across this top here. Yep. There you go. And um, what does India look like? I-N-D-A. 
a little better. I had to hey, say. listen, uh, uh, Apple's over there uh, putting all kinds of money in to try to sell them the iPhone. So, and they got nine trillion people over there. So, you know, if you can monetize those people, that'd be something else. A little bit less than nine. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, uh, how about small caps? IWM. I love it. Now you're talking my life. Now here's one that it is actually, in my view, leading. The, let me go to um, this thing did this beautiful triangle came tumbling out of the triangle, has done five waves down, finished it, working on an AC. And in fact, I'm going to open them here. Here we got the A. Now it looks like we might be finished the B and we probably get a C wave, which will go up. And, and that would be, but the, the other side of the coin is we have the possibility that if they don't like numbers this week, this is just a tiny little correction with a pop and it drops and gets down to one. I'm voting for that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, is it, 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 no, that's what it looks like it's going. You know, yeah, I, 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 don't you sometimes get to the point where you realize that if your moving averages and stuff are not under the price and rising, the likelihood you're going to be making a big hit on something is pretty low. Yep. You know, yep. and everything else is really conversation at that point. <laughs> yes. There you go. I yeah. agree. And so there's I, not that I, many I that have, like that, yeah, not that many that have uh, uh, total uptrends to them. So when you do find them, it's nice to uh, get a few of those in the old. Well, I think this should just be an ABC, and then we got another major slide. And this is that we've we've only done intermediate wave one out of five, so this is yeah. going to be wave two out of again the five. The next you may have five. something to the reversion to the mean trade though, because I've got moving averages at one eighty and one eighty five, and even as high as like one ninety five. So when you go down to one sixty neighborhood and on a daily, yeah, on your daily, there they are, yeah. And I think on the daily that the C wave, that's exactly where I think. You know, bouncing out of the 160 neighborhood is not exactly a, a tall task. You know? Well, well, I think it's like in terms of they, yeah. it gets down there, we still can rally and we still can get up to that 180 number. I mean, we're still, we're going into year end. We're going into the, 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 we all think that this was just the start of them trying to say, hey, we're moving into year end. I don't necessarily agree with that. But as we get closer, as we get through this CPI and all the rest of the stuff, and we have NVIDIA next week. Mm -hmm. You know, like what's to stop this? Okay, pulls in here and then ba boom and still ends up back at that 180 because you're right, there's your markers. So I'm just up to the daily chart. It's a daily. This could be a deal where November is the Santa Claus rally and the Santa Claus rally is a uh, coal in your stocking. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. we're, we're obviously we're using a, a certain amount of buying power to get it up like this, right? Yes. Yes. I agree. And, uh, you know, this Microsoft, uh, you know, I just made an all-time new high. Yeah, it I did. mean, uh, you know, like I say, uh, you can't, uh, but, you know, the, the relative strength compared to when it made a high back in 2021 is still lagging dramatically. Yeah, you were, we were at 81 back in 2021, and we're still in the 60s here as it's making new highs. So it'll be interesting to see. They definitely obviously are migrating to big stocks. They feel like that uh, have moats around their business and are generally monopolies. And yes. so... That's where they're going because they're saying, hey, these guys are monopolies. If life's going to go on, you have to use these companies. So just buy all these companies. Yeah. And there's obviously some truth to that. Yeah. And, you know, and Bill Gates be wrong. In other words, you're <laughs> going to you're going to do search. You're going to Google. If you're going to do uh, social media, you're going to uh, Meta. If you're going to buy an iPhone, you're going to go to Apple. You know, you're, you're doing the computer stuff and the uh, AI stuff, Microsoft. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You know, if you need chips, you're going to go to NVIDIA. So, I mean, there is some truth to... Uh, the um, monopolies, which they are, they just uh, those yeah. are the stocks I'm holding. <laughs> and then, of course, Amazon. If you're going to buy something, you yeah, use Amazon. Amazon. 
Um, all right, well, we're near the top of the hour. Let's uh, give some identification on how they can get a hold of you and what you're going to give them. So let's start out with Sonny. Uh, how do you get a hold of you? And also, uh, do you have any special offers? Oh, I'm easy to get a hold of. My phone number is 760-908-3070. You can text me at that or you can call me. It's my cell phone. Um, let's see. My email address is Sunny S-U-N-N-Y, at moneymentor.com. And that's my website, moneymentor.com. So if you forget the phone number, it's right on top of the website. Sounds good. Michael, how about yourself? Um, again, Michael Filigera, and you can get a hold of me by Michael at MJF, the number one. The time is 11 o'clock a.m. Oh, my God. Uh, Michael at MJF, the number one partners.com. I always answer my emails. If you wanted to check out my work, you can uh, find it on YouTube and, um, and and look under Traders Helping Traders and then my name. And um, there are over, well over a thousand. And I do I do one every day on the NASDAQ and the and then once a week, I do a podcast, which I cover technical and Perfect. treasury. So yeah. Excellent. Uh, as far as Option Professor is concerned, I'm Jim, the Option Professor, and you can go to optionprofessor.com and put your information in, and I can send you a link to the indicators that I use when I make my own decisions uh, in the market. And I also uh, combine that with a one-hour online meeting where I explain how I interpret the indicators, and we review stuff that you've got and see how they shape up uh, going through uh, what I look at. So it's very helpful. A lot of people have found it very good. So optionprofessor.com and we'll get that done for you. All right, thank you, uh, Sonny. Thank you, uh, Michael. And uh, again, a big week ahead of uh, not only uh, retail sales news, but also CPI news and she's coming to town and uh, the government's gonna shut down Friday. So, you know, hold on to your hat. All right, uh, David, back to you. Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been a few weeks since we've done a live show. So that's uh, good to get back to a, a great discussion here. Lots of good info. So just a quick reminder for everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube uh, or Substack or your favorite podcast app. And you can also just go to timingresearch.com to get access to this show as soon as I can post it, as well as any of the past uh, shows and presentations. And uh, I just want to thank my guests again for today, Michael Filigera of LogicalSignals.com and TradersHelpingTraders.com and Sonny Harris of MoneyMentor.com and the Option Professor of OptionProfessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Thanks, David. Thanks, Jim.